Welcome to tonight. We're on the wellness couch and you're with uh, Brett and Katerina Morrison on 3ABR Radio. Tonight we're breaching the topics of sacred geometry, geometrica and mathogenics. Let me introduce you to a magical individual. I'll just go through um, some of his bio for you. Um, so in nature, we find patterns, designs and structure from the most mythical particles to expressions of life discernible by the human eyes to the greater cosmos. These inevitably follow geometrical archetypes, which reveal to us the nature of each form and its vibrational resonances. They are also symbolic of the underlying metaphysical principle of the inseparable relationship of the part of the whole. Um, as opposed to the Newtonian uh, theory. It is this principle of oneness underlying all geometry that permeates the architecture of all form in its myriad diversity. This principle of interconnectedness, inseparability and union provides us with a continuous reminder of our relationship to the whole, a blueprint for the mind to the sacred foundation of all things created. Now, um, Jane Jaina that we're, we've got on tonight, the guest on from uh, Byron Bay tonight, He's an expert in sacred geometry and Vedic maths. He's a teacher and author of 30, 30 fascinating books, some beautifully handwritten in calligraphy, and he's a creator of 10 DVDs. He's also always been drawn to the spiritual and the mystical. He's fascinated by numbers and shapes, and the main theme of his life work is translation of numbers um, into atomic art. Now, Jane is an international lecturer. He was just with um, Carolyn Miss um, in France not long ago, having taught three times in the USA, Amsterdam, Italy, India, Singapore, Malaysia, well-travelled. He's currently teaching seasonally in Singapore, where he has a set-up school called the Joy Numbers Institute. Um, and in between overseas travels, he also teaches hundreds of children in Byron Bay. So we've got Jane on the radio now. How are you going, Jane? Hi there, thanks for the introduction, it was great, that's good. How are you? I'm good. Um, just one little query though, the, the the name that you're using there, Jane, Jana, that's only my Facebook name, my actual professional name as I'm teaching is Jane, J-A-I-N, and followed by the number 108. 108. Yes, so, I wanted you to explain that. So yeah, you, we can do, talk about that a bit later. That's good. No, no, no. Let's talk about oh, it now. Yeah. Your name's quite um, interesting, actually. It uh, dates back to uh, to an ancient religion. Now I've got Brett here as well. Yeah, go, Jane. How are you going? Brett, how are you? Yeah, I'm well, good. thanks. Looking forward to catching up tonight. Yes, I'm. Yeah, I'm glad to have an hour because there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll let you oh, go. There absolutely is, and uh, yeah, really intrigued to hear how this plays out. Well, I could explain firstly that, just for those that don't even know what, what the religion Jainism is, I didn't actually know that there was a religion called Jainism or ja the Jains when I took on the name. Oh, wow. Um, so th that's the mystery, is that what I'm going to be talking about basically is soul memories that most teachers I know, or, you know, like the Flower of Life teacher, Jumvala Melchizedek, yeah. people like that had, say, 70 different masters that were you know, Confucian or Zen or Tibetan, whereas in my journey, I've remembered all this knowledge. I've never had a teacher. Every time I've tried to have a teacher, like say I, I traveled to go to a yoga course to become a yoga teacher, I would slip at four o'clock in the morning on the steps and hurt my back and that whole month's course is gone. <laughs> I've never been able to study with anyone. So that's part of my journey you are the guru aren't you inside yeah well i believe that the, the beauty of mathematics is is that it's a self-evident language is that it can't lie and it's we, we call it timeless or fixed design because 
in 10,000 years, the laws of mathematics that we know now will still remain, even if I believe we're on another planet like Jupiter. If these are universal codes of creation, they must exist in all time and all place. So, so I, I believe that mathematics, the, the concept of one, two, three is superior than, say, language ABC, because languages over thousands of years can change. Of course, we need language, but there's something uniquely special about this one concept of the one followed by the two, followed by the three. And the best way to understand it is to start seeing them as shapes. Like if we had six apples, one, two, three, four, five, six, we could arrange six apples into a triangle, which is one plus two plus three. So six is a triangular number. So the, the main body of my work is turning numbers into shapes. And, um, and a lot of that started for me because I have a daughter who... It's, you can't use the word spectrum now. I think it's no. called neurologically diverse yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. But I have a daughter that when she was coming home from the Steiner School at the age of 10 and 12, she would start crying because she just didn't get the trigonometry mm. and the algebra. It was just a foreign language. So I um, realized I had to start explaining mathematics in terms of pictures. And so I did a lot of work with things called magic squares where you might have a box of numbers and they all add up to the same. And this box of numbers that I'm talking about now is actually the key to the Jain religion but I'll, and the Tibetan religion. But if you can imagine nine playing cards from one to nine, and or, well, actually, let's call it a puzzle. So here's nine playing cards. Can you arrange them in such a way so that all the, the three columns and the three rows and the two diagonals, whichever way you add them up, it's always the same number. So the first clue is that make everything add up to 15. Now, the, the chances of doing that, if you did one solution every minute, would take you 24 hours or no, two days just to find the right solution because the solution is you'd have to multiply one times two times three up to nine. That's called nine factorial. And that, that gives you an answer like 340,000. So there's one chance in 340,000 that you can make everything add up to the same. That's amazing. But because there's eight solutions to the magic square that, is the basis of feng shui in the center of the Tibetan calendar. I'll just say the three rows in order. So the top line is six, one, eight. Jane, sorry, is Jane, is that math- yes? mathematics that we're talking about or Vedic maths? Um, Vedic maths is, we're, we're going to do an example yep. in a minute. Okay. Where that, we'll call it the speed maths where you can, yeah. you said to me, rapid mental calculation, yeah. Or we can do it in one second. That's amazing. But, and again, it's based on the principle of seeing um numbers seeing patterns in our mental screen so i get children to look into their third eye and visualize the third eye as like a tv screen and you do your multiplications on the inner screen but the problem over the thousands of years is that what's happening now is that we're giving our power to the machine because everyone now is teaching mathematics on the calculator even in my local school here in mullumbimby primary school near byron bay they're teaching children the times table on the calculator, so they ha- they're learning yeah. what seven times eight is fifty six. But they're, they're punching it in on the calculator, and yeah. it's not that wrong. Yeah. It's just that if we keep doing that for another twenty years, we're giving our power to a machine, and the the brain, the global brain, yeah. will atrophy, which means we're actually getting dumber and dumber. So I'm not against technology. In fact, all, all these Vedic sutras, what the ancients knew, is being validated through these rapid technological advances. You know, like when we discover electron microscopes, for example, 
and we can go down and look at a bacteria or a virus mm. and discover that a virus under a million resolution looks like a soccer ball or something yeah. like yep. that. So really, the modern technology is fantastic, but we don't want to give all our power. So I'm trying to find a balance. I've been traveling around the world letting teachers know that yeah, we know. must do Vedic maths. The problem is doing speed maths is great, but there's more, there's more to it than just becoming a fast calculator. We need to learn all the other beautiful topics. Jane, can I just um, explain to our audience, because I know we've got some teachers there who um, specifically look at maths as well. So ma- Vedic maths deals with shortcut techniques. We carry out um, numerical calculations in a faster way. So you've got advantages if you're going to solve problems in arithmetic or algebra, geometry, calculus or, or conics, and, and as comparison to an abacus, isn't it? Um, and it's much simpler. Yes. Well, they're starting to do competitions now. I think it's almost like an Olympic game where they, they're, they're, they're using the, the fastest abacus calculator versus the Indian mental um, calculator. And they found that someone in Thailand, there's some, a teacher in Thailand who's just come out of the blue teaching students how to do the abacus, but in, in the ether, in the air in front of them. So they're using their fingers wow. okay. in front of their phrase sliding. It's a YouTube clip you can find. Yeah. It blew me out. And I can't even explain it. But Is that using abacus? In, in the ether, and they're faster than the, any Indian or Chinese. It's just completely... Wow. The development of these Thai students, I don't even know the name of the school where they're doing it, but I saw it happening on a, a YouTube a, a classroom in a region of Thailand, and it just amazed me. So it makes me... Con- it contradicts everything we know that, you know, we really need to do a lot of research as well. The problem is that, see, when we were at school, um, everything we learned came from the Greek tradition. We could call it Pythagoras. Yeah. Pythagoras was 2,500 years ago, same time as Buddha, Confucius, and Lao Tzu. And what happened was w- everything we learned at school, the algebra, trigonometry, actually came from the Platonic. The Plato, Plato was a student of Pythagoras. Mm. It was a Greek tradition. But what happened was someone 100 years ago and I, I won't just say it was the actual Christians, but a group of people decided to pull out of the curriculum all the beautiful things mm. that I resonate to. And the beautiful things were the magic square where the nine number, numbers add up to 15. Magic squares were pulled out. The, the living mathematics of pine cones and sunflowers called the, the golden ratio, yeah. that was pl- pulled out. <sighs> and the other amazing thing that was pulled out was not just the prime numbers, which make, which is actually the key to the highest level of mathematics I know, the um, the subject called the three-dimensional geometry is called the yeah. fast platonic solid, yeah. which is the key to all atomic structure, was pulled out. And, and this is the problem, is that all this high visual content that students respond to and do really well and get excited about, it's all gone. So we're stuck, unfortunately, in a curriculum. Uh, if I'm exaggerating, it's kind of like factory-style mm. Yeah. Or in mathematics, and, and in fact, I believe all mathematics is is divine. I'm not against what they're teaching at school. I'm just saying that I've got evidence to show that someone pulled the plug and took out all the key subjects. And wow. and people think, oh, Jane, he's so radical. He's he's teaching all this speed math and Fibonacci sequence. But really, it was actually all in the curriculum. It's in the there's 13 books of Euclid. If you that that's where it was all. That's the seed of our modern technology 
Yeah, mm. so that's the tragedy. In fact, it's a, it's really sad. And um, it's interesting that you say you know it's, it's factory style maths, mm. Jane, because as you were saying that, I guess the question that came up for me was, is that the same time roughly about the industrial <laughs> revolution? Yes, yeah, all the Newtonian theory came through. Yeah, right, and, separated, um, and, and yeah. you're right. That's what you've just given me insight. Yeah. yeah. In fact, the problem, and another big thing when you do the research is that I'm not not against Newton, but in my research, we shouldn't be glorifying Newton. We should be glorifying one of his contemporaries yeah. called Kepler, because Kepler was the one yeah. that carried on the tradition of Plato and Pythagoras. But for some reason, the people, the oligarchy who ruled, who the the people that control the curriculum have given all credit to Newton and they've mm. made Kepler invisible. And Kepler has a very beautiful triangle. There's a thing called the most beautiful triangle and it's based on the mathematics of the golden ratio, which is in our human body. Um, it's a very special thing. And every child should be learning about the thing called the most beautiful triangle. It's based on the golden ratio. Is that like, um, sorry, is that like the uh, Da Vinci Code that, um, oh, sorry, not the Da Vinci Code, Leonardo Da Vinci, who had the, uh, tr- what's his name, the Vituran Man? Yeah, um, the Vituran. Yeah. So Vitruvius was Leonardo's teacher, but, you know, like 2,000 years before, Vitruvius was saying that we, when we build a house, because I'm a builder by trade, when we build a home, we have to copy nature, so let's look at the human body. So when we build a, a temple, the, the columns represent the spine and the windows are the eyes of the soul. And so, and they looked at the proportions of the human body. They said, look, when I bend my elbow, it doesn't bend. If you put your arm out and bend your arm, you realize that there's a short section and a longer section. Your elbow doesn't bend at the midpoint, which is called an octave, or the ratio one is to two. It actually bends close to two is to three or two-thirds. But precisely, it's called 8 is to 13, or the Fibonacci yeah. sequence golden uh-huh. ratio. So they studied the human body at every level, even where your knee, if you put your leg out and bend the knee, it bends at the ratio, like the pine cone has 8 spirals one way and 13. So this ratio of 8 to 13 reduces to 1 is to 1.618. So the truth yeah. studied the human body and said, look, when we build the Parthenon and the temples, we have to model it on the human <laughs> canon. That's, That's amazing. So the fire yes. is used as a symbol for the the golden ratio, um, yes. and in maths and science. But to the Renaissance artists that you talk about, like Leonardo, yes. they knew it as a divine proportion. Um, word, yeah. Which divi- yeah, just dividing a line in the extreme and the mean ratio is that right? And That's one right. one very yes. famous piece known to most of us is a Mona Lisa painted by Leonardo, which is drawn according to the golden ratio. Exactly. So every part, the ratio of the eyes. The eyebrows to the eyes to the nose to the lips to the chin, every part of our face is in this divine proportion. Is that supposed so to be aesthetically? Sacred temple. When, yeah. we, when a temple is built on the golden ratio, and you know how we drop our jaw and we say, Isn't this beautiful? Jeez. What you really see is a reflection of yourself because the same pro- mathematical proportions in the temple of Sharp's Cathedral, whatever it is is actually resonant to the proportions in the human body. So it's really a fractal of ourself. The big picture is the same as the small picture. So what is sacred is called proportion. So a lot of us believe when we read Pythagoras, he never wrote anything, but in his list of things called the golden verses, they translate the word proportion as logos. So okay. in, the, in the Bible, when they say in the beginning was the word or the sound, people like myself who study sacred geometry, we believe... It says in the beginning was the proportion mm. because that's what is sacred. It will never change. 
So everything is a sine wave, like everything in physics is a wave, but some waves are more optimal or more pleasant Mm -hmm. or harmonious biologically to our body. And that's the ratio when the amplitude to the frequency is 80 to 13. So Uh so our best image is the pine cone. So when we stare at a pine cone, you'll see that there's an apparent duality or complementary spins. There's there's a set of spirals going clockwise, let's call it eight spirals, and you would think that the, the other set of spirals going the other way, anticlockwise, would also, would also be eight. But nature never does equal spin. Nature doesn't say, let's make a pine cone eight, eight. It, it does it the other way. The, the other spin would have 13. So when I talk about the golden ratio, I just talk about the pine cone as a, this phenomena of eight yeah. to 13. But if you divide eight into 13, the ratio is approximately one point. Six one eight, yeah. So that's the magical number. You could spend people like myself would spend our whole life um, studying this code, and that's where the number one oh eight is derived from. If you want to hear that, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, so first of all, we need to know that there's a sequence. If we start from zero and one, the beginning of all things. If you keep adding the number before, so zero plus one is one, and then one and one is two. If we keep adding the the previous number to the last number, you get 1 and 2 is 3, 2 and 3 is 5, 3 and 5 is 8. So the, the Fibonacci sequence that I would recommend like a phone line to God is 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, 34. So these that's numbers, amazing. 21 to 34, that's what a sunflower does. When you look at a sunflower, going to spirals one way, 34. Now what happens is, is that in... We're in a decimal system, which means base 10. Um, the ancient people recognized that there were two bases that were galactic, base 12 and base 9. So base 10 that we're going to talk about later is good for Vedic math. If you want to multiply big numbers, we need base 10 because it's based on 10, 100,000, a million. So base 10 mm. is, is divine too, but the special ones to understand the pyramids in Egypt and stone yeah. mm-hmm. is called base 12 and 8. So what, what the ancients did was they reduced all big numbers to a single digit. They said, let's keep taking away 999. If you take a number, let's take um, mm. the number 17. Yeah. So if you take away seven, 9 from 17, you're left with 8. But mm. the other way to do it is to say, well, look, 17 is 1 plus 7. So 1 and 7 is 8. So we don't even need to take away 999. We just add the digits. And this is one of the Vedic sutras that we're coming up to. I can see that uh, you obviously do the Vedic maths, how quick you yeah, are. <laughs> so I've, I've spent my whole, and, and the reason why I glorify Vedic maths is that it's one of the sutras or formulae that v- validate this galactic geometry that I'm talking about now. So when, when we take any sequence in nature, like the Fibonacci sequence, and we reduce it all to single digits, it, it produces like a, a, we're looking for something that repeats. And it happens to be that when you keep doing it to this infinite, additive sequence called the Fibonacci sequence, the single digits that repeat, repeat every 24 numbers. And 24 is interesting because, you know, we have 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. It's actually a time code. Mm. But if you looked at those 24 numbers that repeat, you know, it's like wheels within wheels within wheels. The sum of those 24 digits is 108. So, this, so there's this kind of pulse in the universe that goes 108, 108, 108, and you, it makes you wonder, well, why, when they um, have the rosary beads, why do they have 108 beads? And why does oh. the mantra, oh. the Gayatri mantra, 
it has 24 syllables, and, and the sum of all the words in the Gayatri Mantra, Ambu, Bhuva, Swahata, Savitu, Varenyam, in the Sanskrit, you know how we have in English yeah. A is 1, B yes. is 2, C is 3. Well, in Sanskrit, the value of the Gayatri Mantra adds up to 108. So it's everywhere. Even the cricket ball, if you look at the West American cricket ball, it has 108 stitches, and Tai Chi has 108 steps. And wow. The Vedanta. Wow, you just expanded. Text. <laughs> so, it goes on and on and on. Yeah. So, so I, I talk, this is leading now to how I, I got the name 108. So um, first of all, I was born Arabic, so my father was a builder from Lebanon. He came here. So I had a, an unusual Arabic name called Sa'ud, but no one could pronounce my name Sa'ud. It was Sa'ud. So I was yeah. called Colin Sa'ud, Mr. Sa'ud at school. So I had a reason to change my name. So something happened in 1984 um, when I had a near-death experience in mm. the Blue Mountains west of Sydney and I woke up out of a coma and I suddenly became Jane. I, I had a single name. So I was, I was the first person in Australia to have a legal reason to change an Arabic name to a single name, J-A-I-N. Okay. And then I went to India. I met on... When the internet started, I met... India's most famous Vedic mathematician. He was like a walking computer. His name is Kranti Kiran. Kranti Kiran. He's very famous now. Did but he, he invent? like my soul yeah, brother. Yeah. And so I went and spent a month with this famous walking computer who could calculate cube roots of numbers up to a million like that. That's amazing. And I could even demonstrate it to you on the phone if we've got time at the end. But So I met Kranti and he, because he was famous, he said... Oh, look, um, all my friends at the Hyderabad, there's a place like um, Silicon Valley called Hyderabad. Like, it's like there's Silicon India. Valley, yeah. where the top mathematicians in India all resided. So he just casually took me along to the university there. High security, I had to be completely tested. And basically Amazing. I did a lecture and I explained how the Fibonacci sequence added up to the number 108. And they went, oh my God, they were the response, because these are India's, greatest mathematicians, yeah. but they never knew about inf um, continued subtraction of nine. You know how I said we yeah, yeah. Even though it's one of the Vedic sutras, they don't actually work with it. So I showed them geometry that I told them what fractal is. When you draw the pentacle, mm -hmm. I get like six-year-old children, star kids, drawing five-pointed stars within five-pointed stars, because every time you draw the star within the star, it reduces at the rate of... Is that the Enneagram that's on YouTube? That's the nine-pointed star that you talk about, the Enneagram? The five-pointed star is the ultimate symbol. Without that, what that does, the five-pointed star, which is what I showed the Indian, is that's the key to fractal. Fractal means when the inside is the same as the outside or when the small picture is the same as the big picture. But the problem is the reason we got the internet is that we didn't know how to compress big files into small files. That's why it took a while. And the secret to um, non-destructive compression was based on the mathematics of the golden ratio or the five-pointed star, which they've demonized, by the way, so that people yeah. fear the pentacle and see it as a yeah. witch symbol mm -hmm. rather than see it as an aspect <laughs> of our DNA. Yeah. So I went and showed these Indian mathematicians the, the fantastic fractal mathematics and pentacle magic and, an and showed them wow. the 108 code, and it went on and on. And I, it was my first, you could say, standing ovation. I'd never received a standing ovation. It was just an innocent, it's naive amazing. lecture PowerPoint. 
And then as I came back to Australia over the months, I started getting these letters from some of these mathematicians that had a response to the lecture, and they said, thank you, Mr. Jane, mm. 108. So in oh, India, gorgeous. if you're... Mister. This is not for an ego reason, but when you tell someone's like a sir or they're of importance mm-hmm. to you, you call them 108. The Sri 108, wow. something sacred like um, the Sri Yantra. So they started... So I've got all these letters called Mr. Jane 108. So I thought, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. They're calling me Mr. 108. So... um. That kind of stuck. So I took on the name legally now. So I'm the first person in Australia now to have a numerical name. Fantastic. Jane 108. And again, it wasn't conscious. It wasn't something saying, oh, I'm special. I'm going to call myself 108. So so that's how it all... And it's all documented. I've got all of this... Um, I'm an I'm a archivist or a record keeper. Fantastic. So I, I'm intrigued, yeah. Yeah, but basically in a nutshell, my life's work is to take this esoteric fundamental yes. blueprint of creation, this divine mathematics, and translate it somehow down to the level of a 10-year-old child. So that that's my job. My job is to make mathematics beautiful, and the best way to do it is to teach the golden ratio, the five platonic solids, and turn numbers into pictures. So I've written a book about it. You've so written 20. <laughs> You've written 20 books. Yes, I summarised those 20, there's actually 30 resource books, but what what happened was um, someone in Melbourne um, um, is a famous artist um, called Blue Angel, someone called Mm -hmm. Blue Angel, he said, Jane, you know, I keep seeing you at these mind-body-spirit festivals, look, we like what you're doing, but you've got 20 books, can you please just write us one book and we'll publish it? So Blue Angel was going to publish my book, so I, I thought, okay, this is my chance to sit down and get the cream, the essence, all the pine codes, get all the really essential things on prime numbers and, and all the visual content. So the thesis was, oh, Jane's work is to turn numbers into pictures. You know, like, say, Rudolf Steiner, seven yes. years ago, he created a new spiritual curriculum, and that's what he's famous for. He also wrote books on the occult science, but he, he took the occult and he made it tangible and spiritual, and we know him and love him for that. And in a, in a funny way, I've done a similar thing 100 years later, saying, well, why don't we turn numbers into pictures so that the average student can, can grok it, they can understand it. And, and that's what I do. I work a lot after school with children. I do a lot of tutoring to all sorts of students. And it worked out that a lot of students I'm teaching are autistic kids. And, I, and it gives me a lot mm. of satisfaction that if we, when we sit down and get you know adults and children who are on the spectrum building icosahedrons and domes and beautiful things like that they get so excited they totally understand it so that that's what carved it into stone for me this thing called art of number that that's what that's what i do so I, i'm sorry i tried to put a newsletter out today and it didn't get I, i've been writing a newsletter yeah, last yeah. few days and it's not been able to send but i was i was putting some of the content from the book called the art of number to say, hey, I'm talking on the show today, and if, if you want to know what I'm talking about, there is a book on my website called The Art of Number. That's fantastic, and yeah. you add so much value to um, society because the best and fastest mind development takes place between 4 and 14, um, and children in that age group really pick up things and learn them faster and remember them quite well. So you're yeah. dedicating your life basically around that age group. Yeah, I don't teach 15 to 17-year-olds. I, I was... Four, four to 14, yeah. yeah the, the, the adolescents now are so interested in boys and girls that they're not really interested in getting better at math. 
So I just focus <laughs> on the... When I go to a school in Byron Bay, for example, I'm working with year nine. That's it. You cannot get year 10 or year 10, 11 or 12 there. They're in another Too dimension. Molded, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, James, just... Yeah. I guess I got you know, something that is interesting to me because, like, generally mathematics is seen to be quite a, quite a hard, probably left brain. So it's very structured. It, like I said, it's a very real... Uh, process and re- it's repeatable and mm. people can know that you know when we add two to three we get five but you're talking about in a very spiritual esoteric way do you find that you just come up against a hard wall when you're talking with other teachers and, and education systems and curriculums to try and bring this approach into their schools yeah well, um, because i mean sometimes i i daydream about my extreme passion for numbers but it truly can turn someone to become very religious like when you study nature and you see all this mm. amazing symmetry in nature and mm. pentacles within pentacles, you, you realize that some greater supreme being architected this DNA mm. and these helixes <laughs> and the, the microscopic world. So, in fact, mathematics could lead to what we call epiphanies and spiritual enlightenment because we can't, we can't, we're, we're, I'm a researcher, I'm just trying to explain why does it all add up so well and it's like, like when you put your hand in a glove, it fits just perfectly. So I, I, I never stop researching. Normally after seven years, you say, oh, I've been there, done that. But there's so many avenues in mathematics and geometry that it keeps opening new doors. And But what I'm doing now, a funny little twist has happened, is that I've been teaching all around the world. And my last journey, I went to um, Germany. I got invited to teach in Germany because my main book called The Art of Number... Mm. got translated into the German by a Facebook friend, just someone on Facebook. This is the <laughs> digital revolution. So Veronica in Germany, in Munich, translated it into Die Kunst. Um, I'm trying to translate the art of number, Die Kunst Zahland. Um And we, we, did, we had a weekend workshop there. I spent a month there. But I took my daughter there, and she ended up doing a four-day seminar with a, my promoter, when I went to do some filming near Austria, so my daughter is 28. She decided to stay on her own and went to a workshop. Okay. Met all the shamans from Peru. Mm, huh, She'd never girl. really meditated before. Mm. She's a you know graduate from Bond Uni, into business, and she started meditating. And, and to cut the story short, when we came back from Germany, she said, "Dad, I really love your lectures on the ratio, and we should be working together. Why Aww. don't you let me structure it?" So she said, "Why don't we create?" an online portal because she builds everything herself. She's self-trained. So right now we're forming a family business with Aisha is um, doing all the the apps and the filming. Rena, the mum, is doing all the social media. We've got like 175,000 on Facebook. Fantastic. We just started Instagram. Not many. Mm -hmm. We just started Instagram this month, so I think we have about 12,000. But So Rena's doing the social media and I'm doing all the content. Those are... So we've become a very strangely a family Beautiful. business, and um, it's really exciting. So every, pretty much everything I'm doing now is every two, three days in a week. All we do is film from morning till night. So we're wow. getting this, all that stuff called the Art of Number has been translated into six workbooks. So um, if someone like if you have a ten year old child, you want them to learn all about the Golden Ratio and Vedic Maths. Well, I've got six different workbooks. So each workbook is actually the script for the filming. So when I film, I've got all the knowledge in my head. I just need to go chapter by chapter. So the work is all done because 
It's not that I wanted to do online. When, when you get into the business world, you've got to realize that you can't really sell your passion. You have to sell what people want. And that's been my big mm. wake-up call is that um, I have to do what, what people want. So I get all these emails you know, from deserts in America saying, look, we live in the remote Arizona. <laughs> We're homeschooling. When are you yeah. going to do online? And I keep getting this wow, same okay. email all around the world. And I thought, <laughs> okay, I need to go online. So Good I've been you. forced into this situation. Right. I have to listen to what, what what's necessary. So, And I think the digital revolution I'm, has really um, provided a platform for people like yourself to impact a greater number of people and I think that's one of the beauties of it. I know there's a lot of downsides to it but one of the upsides is that people who have a gift, people who have a, a really beautiful message to share can really impact a global audience now as opposed to uh, just their local community. That's right and my so, so 20 years ago when I was doing my first affirmations studying Louise Hay I would be saying mm. I want mm. sacred geometry to be every child in the world should be learning sacred geometry. So at that time I was just dreaming. But the reality is through the in, through digital revolution, yeah. every child in the world, I didn't see the internet coming then. I thought, oh, so it is possible. So really my dream is coming true that I can make possible thanks to thousands of YouTube clips, this, this vast knowledge. So, Fantastic. Yeah, so it's actually exciting now. And um yeah. Jane, the um, golden proportion can be found um, everywhere throughout the human body. Um, it's also in, in musical, like in the, the musical interval, in patterns yeah. of human behaviour. So I know that's one of your favourite topics. So do you want to talk a bit more about y- your golden ration and the five platonic solids? Um, I know there's so much that you want to talk about. Um, yeah, so I would, if we started with the, the platonic solids all contain the golden ratio, so they're probably the best. So when I work with five-year-olds, I've got a book called Mathematics for Star Kids, and they start with a, a booklet. And the, the chapter, first chapter is like drawing circles, which is not, sounds really easy, but you give them lots of dots and they draw circles. Then the next chapter, chapter goes chapter three, four, five, and six. The three is the triangle, four is the square, five is the pentagon, mm-hmm. six hexagon. And by the way, when you go through school, they delete the pentagon. You when you when you study shapes of school it goes three, yeah, four, six, they, eight. they completely yeah. annihilate the five. The five. The key. But when I teach five-year-olds, five to eight-year-olds, the star children, um, when they learn chapter three, uh, when they do the, um, the the triangle, they've got to see the triangle as a three-dimensional shape. It's the first. The triangle is the first shape that can form, but in 3D, it's the because first the volume, yeah. and we call it tetrahedron. It actually has four triangular faces. But inside of that is the golden ratios, which I would have to demonstrate. So what I do is I get the children to work with like broomsticks. So as a, I'm a builder by trade and carpenter, so I work with broomsticks and joints. I've worked out a way with plastic tubing how you can put a broomstick Fantastic. into a plastic tube that you can get from my to 10. <laughs> and they can start drawing a triangle, then they make it 3D. And, and then they realize that when they were three, the, 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 the specialty about the three the, the tetrahedron is that it, it's the first, it's part of our biological memory. So when we were in the womb and we were the father and mother come together in love, the one, um, we originally were a sphere and then the sphere mitotically divides into two, which is basically separation from God. Yeah. And then the two, each nice. of those two cells divides again and we get four. So the, the puzzle, the first puzzle in the universe 
is what shape did you look like in your mother's womb amazing, yeah. when you were four spheres? Like imagine four ping pong balls. Mm. I'll give the children, five-year-olds, here's four oranges or four ping pong balls. How would nature best squeeze or compress those shapes? So often the kids just put the four down flat and, and that's linear thinking. Then we say, mm-hmm. no, don't, it's not flat, think three-dimensional. So you know when the fruit man or the, the, the fruiterer stacks oranges one on top of the other in triangles. Yeah. So when you put the fourth one on top of the triangular base yeah. you know, with a pyramid. So the funny thing is, is that in the first hour of our creation, our cosmogenesis, we were a pyramid, but it was <laughs> called a tetrahedron. Mm. And then the next chapter is the four. Well, when the four is a square, a but what's the three-dimensional square? It's called a, a cube. cube. So that's what we looked like when we were eight cells because mm. the cube has eight, eight. corners. So that's so, but what's inside of the cube is a very beautiful shape, and this is why I really need video to show it. But inside the cube, which is the shape of, um, I guess, the digital revolution, like all the 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 digital, the memory of um, bits and or everything that stores the memory of your computer is done in cubic crystals, right? The silicon chip. So, but what's inside the cube? Is a beautiful star pattern. It's almost like a three. It's called a three-dimensional star of David. So if you, everyone knows the star yeah, of met. David, two interlacing triangles. But if you could visualize those two triangles as two pyramids interpenetrating one another, yeah. that's what you looked like at eight cells. And it's such a beautiful. It's one of those aha moments that when you mm. see it, 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 it actually. Um, some people cry when they first see a star tetrahedron, which is a three-dimensional star of David. Some people have a, a, a tangible, emotional, spiritual response. Yes. Some people have tears. Like, they actually cry. Yes. You, you know, as really, you know, yeah. Azaf, don't you? Okay, of course you oh, that's do. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, well, he's, he's made he's me one. Yeah, he's made me one. So I've got one <laughs> in my lounge room. It's just absolutely he's, spectacular. Well, see, is like my brother. So we're, we're all at the local markets here. Yeah. And I met Azaf in the markets and I met this beautiful Israeli boy, mm-hmm. young, young Israeli man, and he crafted... Um, the three-dimensional symbol for Israel, and, and, and it was so beautiful, the glass, but he has no knowledge of the mathematics. He says, I feel it. He, oh, really? He just cuts the triangles and joins them. That's amazing. And his wife at the time said, we've got to have work sh- workshops at his place so that he can learn all the, the golden ratios. Because I said to him, I said, you need to start um, stellating when you've got these shapes, like a soccer ball. Well, what, what would it look like if, if every pentagon and hexagon was stellated and it's sort of like growing the shape he wasn't he, he can build it but he doesn't want to know the mathematics of it so um and then one day i had a dream that he was he was making giant balls like big beach balls as, as big as you can imagine and he laughs he says oh jane you're just so poetic but then the next year he's got orders all around the world now making giant star tetrahedrons so they're, they're magnificent like they're really complex now He's such a genius, but he feels it. He, whereas I'm more of the intellect. I'm yeah. more in my, the mental. But he's kinesthetic, and you're yeah, the mental. Yeah, but him yeah. and I are brothers, and um, we we reflect a lot to each other. So that's um, beautiful. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned his name. Um, well, we've got a piece. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the shape holds a frequency. Every shape, like every organ in your body, has a cycle per second. We call it a hertz. It's a vibration. Mm-hmm. This is the mathematical language of vibration. So, and in fact, in the future, I believe 
the future in healing is vibrational medicine. So I believe that these shapes that Asaf is making by having them in the room, they're literally transforming the energy in the they house. Do. The <laughs> they do. The people who do feng shui, they should be quite interested in sacred geometry because these are shape-shifting, these are transmuting negative energies in a house where the energy is stuck because these are blueprints of harmonics, um, per- perfected perfection, you could say. Mm. Yeah, uh, so every shape has a... And everyone responds to a different shape. It's interesting, so... Yeah, that is interesting because colour goes with that as well because I know colour has their own has its own frequency as well. And we, I know Kat and I have talked about over over the years, especially around the frequency um, and the healing. The hertz is very important. A- absolutely, because I guess my background is in, yeah. is in electronics and understanding frequency and how you can actually you know, null out sound, like loud loud sound through cymatics, yeah, through other frequencies and it, it in the nineteen thirties we had people like Wilhelm Reich who invented these amazing organ energy devices. Yeah. Basically it's building like a pine cone. Uh, mm. it's building like a cone based on the eight thirteen ratio, the golden ratio where the diameter of the circle if the diameter of the circle is thirteen, well what's the height of the cone? Well it's eight because we we're using the living maps of nature, eight thirteen. And they were getting incredible healing. And um, but as you know, all this amazing technology, this sacred geometry of vibrational medicines, all being suppressed. And um, it's, it's also been called radionics. There are some people who rife machine, yeah, yeah, the rife machine. Mm-hmm. I believe it's all out in the ethers. It's all yeah. there. And I guess part of the work is also becoming fearless because if we really believe in the power of vibrational medicine. We, we have to be stand up and fight the system in a way to say, you know, this is a science, this is a truth, and, and ultimately it's all about healing. We want to heal the world. We want to heal. But first, you know, we have to heal ourselves. So, Well, um, I think there's going to be a different paradigm um, shift. I mean, obviously we can see the Newton um, Newtonian theory, the paradigm, um, made a change when it came in, what, about 300 years ago, but... It right. look at the way it's left the world. You know, it's left it separatist. It's left it um, dualistic. Um, we obviously need a new paradigm to come in. And I think the quantum's taking over at the moment. Yeah, I, I really do the quantum paradigm. So we're going to, you know, the string theories, multi yeah. cosmology, and human thought. Um, it may be stuck at the moment in that Newtonian way of operating. But um, you know, what's interesting is that when we're talking about like the biggest thing you mentioned now is the future in quantum is called. Yeah. Quantum means infinitely small, mm. which means they can build things one atom thin, you know, like if that's why they can make metals really thin now and lightweight. We can lift a car in the future because it's built with polycarbonates and nanotechnology. But when you go down with your microscope and look at the sacred geometry of what what is nanotechnology, you know what it is? It's a soccer ball shape. That's amazing, isn't it? It's Absolutely amazing. All of the guy that developed the domes 50 years ago his work was also shut down. Um, Buckminster Fuller. Yeah, um, I love Buckminster. Yeah. Soccer ball shape, which is made up of say yeah. twelve pentagons and hexagons, and that became Bucky Ball. Yeah. The Bucky. <laughs> so that's the actual <laughs> atomic structure yeah. of what the scientists today are working with when they talk about Bucky Balls and nanotechnology and ionic particles that can go through membranes and permeability. It's all about the shape, the language. Yeah. Pattern recognition. So, and he also true. did a mention that we replace the old with a new paradigm. So, yeah, exactly. yeah, and yes, that's exactly right. So, um, I'm so suddenly like 
I'm a mathematician, but now I'm interested in quantum physics. So you know Nassim then, Harami? Very well. I brought Nassim, <laughs> I brought Nassim Haramine here 10 years ago. No one knew Nassim at all, and no one knew him. But because I had a good database and I was always raving on about sacred geometry, I said, oh, look, there's a teacher from America. His name is Nassim Haramine, and we... So I quickly booked the, what do you call it, the local Steiner School Hall and was expecting maybe 30, 50 people because no one knew him. It was packed out. We, it was a standing room only, like yeah. hundreds of people came. And that, and that was an enigma. I still can't explain it because I didn't, <laughs> I cannot explain. But in the ethers, people knew that on the yeah. sim has some integral work to does, share. Yeah. But how, how they came, I don't know. Just word of mouth. And Fantastic. Isn't it amazing that just happened so Nassim's right now in Ger- is going off to Germany. Yeah. I'm hoping to meet him in May. Um, my promoters in Germany want me to come back Fantastic in May because Nassim's going to be in Belgium and France for May. So we're hoping to do some filming together. Fantastic. And we all really need to work together, you know, like all these different teachers, instead of contradicting each other's style of teaching, we, should, yeah. we all really can enhance each other and work as a group. And yeah, do you think quantum can really help our... Um improve our current situation on Earth because it's based on what complementary, contextual, conscious and a connected paradigm, isn't it? As, as, as opposed to Newtonian, which is um, determinism, separatism, reductionism, materialism, you know, as a natural health practitioner, I know that uh, it, everything becomes isolated and reduced to its sort of individual parts, um, yeah. which must function in its linear logic clockwork way. You know, it's predictable, it's um, controllable, but that cuts us off from from spirit, um, from our choice, and it um, encourages us all to be separate, which then fuels the ego and it fuels greed. And I think you can see mm-hmm. all around us where that paradigm has has mm-hmm. left its left its network, you know, all around. You yeah. can see. Yeah. Well, answer, what, when you say that, my first thought, like I'm thinking of Atlantis was so evolved, yet why did it think, why yeah. did the energy mm-hmm. get distorted? So my answer to that, if, if when I teach locally or overseas, I teach two days on the golden ratio. If I had to summarize two whole days of mathematics on the Fibonacci sequence, I would say it's the ability to share. And when I talk about sharing, we mean the ability to love. So you can have all this genius mind and knowledge, but if you don't have love and if you're not coming from your heart, the technology gets poisoned by yeah. the consciousness. So if you, I, I think what happens is that when we work on this level, and that like a pyramid, a pyramid amplifies energy. So if you have in your heart greed or conquest, you're doomed to fail because all it does is amplify more greed, more conquest. Yeah. If someone has more love, that that's where consciousness changes. So technology will only succeed if it's, we'll call it the right intention. That's probably the best way to put it. Do I love, yeah. You are, then technology will succeed. But if, if, if all this nanotechnology goes, more profound and powerful, but they're still trying to conquer the world. They're only going to con- conquer themselves, you know. So it's interesting that I can't answer that, but I know that it's got to do with this dichotomy between mm. the power of love and the love of power, that song mm. that's out there. Well, there's it's a lot really, of coherence coming in now between heart and, yeah, and soul. Yeah, that's the You've nailed it. That's the key word, coherence. There's a lot of that coming in. Fact, and only the phi ratio allows coherence <laughs> because when they... To crack the internet for us to be communicating now is 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 called um, um, di- fractal Fibonacci compression. When they use the right wavelength, three is to five 
is to obey in nature. When we obey to listen to nature and we copy nature, then the, the, the technology will be correct, and that's how the internet was created, even though it was used for a military consciousness first. And that, that's another problem is that all the sacred sites in the world, mm-hmm. you were to look at the grid around the planet, there's a geometry the Schumann, of diamonds. There's yeah. 30 beautiful diamonds around the planet where the pyramids are. That's beautiful. Stonehenge. But all the main military base, all the sacred sites in the world are, are military bases now because mm. people that pretty much rule the world, the plutocracy, they know this sacred geometry of the yeah. Earth grid. Yeah. And I really the Star Wars. It's not... Like, like I'm from, you know, like I grew up Star Wars, in, yeah. um, listening about the Lebanon-Israel war. So when there's these fights in Israel-Lebanon, the real fight is not on the ground. It's the, no. the grid above Israel-Lebanon. That's what mm. they really, it's a Star Wars about yeah. locking in the geometries in the ethers. And yeah. So it's not, so everything that we hear down here is just a dis- distraction. Yeah. So mm. it's a bit of a worry. So I, I think that's why we, um, to conclude, Unless we change the education, so my job is we can't control the politics, but unless the education and the consciousness changes and we start making mathematics beautiful and fun, then the next generation of children that grow up with a wholesome and coherent education, they're the ones that are going to change the politics. And So I think our job is just maybe put it online, make it all available, so we're the upload generation, so the next generation can download all the mathematical gems and... The, the true mathematics, you know, the real education. That's fantastic, you know, because it, it does take correct, um, like the concepts and daily practice to make a shift in a paradigm. And I think by you yeah. having it online, you're allowing people to be exposed to it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So um, that can help support our collective shift by being yeah. exposed to it daily. Well, I'm thinking ultimately everything I do online is going to become available for free because as so long as I can... Ma- to survive in this world and have the lifestyle that I want where I'm not working for a boss and I can live off my creativity, so long as I'm selling products, which I do, and e-books and things, I got an income, then I can make my curriculum available to the world. And um, and, and that that's a start. I mean, it reminds me of a thing called the Khan Academy. Khan was someone that just made all math lessons available um, for his son and all his friends at school, and it was a free thing, and it became this, international network of mathematics now it's a huge business but it started off with pure intent to help people learn their homework and lessons on trigonometry and then it expanded and it became shareable that's the key word when you can share that's mm. when consciousness grows and so if uh, if you know about the Khan academy it started from very humble beginnings like a bit like youtube how it started in the backyard or in the back of a youth and then suddenly it's a global thing. Well, that's how Khan Academy... So I'm thinking that the big picture of things is that if, if, if I have pure intent and I generally want to get this out to the world, I'm just going to get it all online, um, trust that I'll always be supported, make information Amazing. available, share, be shareable, and, and, you know, just, and also right conduct, right association, all yeah. goes back to this, these Buddhist principles, you know, be very conscious who your friends are, who you associate mm. with. They're an aspect of us. So really, I think we just have to work on ourselves and be a model or an example because we only amplify who we are. That's just amazing. Hey, yeah. Jane, one last thing. Have yeah. you heard of the Torah? Is it a Torah? Is it a hermetic principle? And it seems to be a mathematical equation that they can work out from, was it ancient, from Bible times? 
on the prediction of of what was going to happen through mathematics? I heard of something, the Bible code, in my 20s when I grew, when I grew up in Sydney. I used to go to the Agile bookstore and I, got, I pulled out this amazing, unusual book called The Bible Code, which said they, they took the Christian Bible, like in the beginning was the word and the, and the world was full of light and God created. Mm-hmm. So what they did was some Czechoslovakian rabbi joined. You know, every time we have a sentence, we have a space between the next sentence. Yeah. Well, someone decided to get rid of the spaces and make it like a code, a digital code. Yeah. yeah where they joined everything in the New Testament as a... In the, in the, the five first books, yeah. First five, the Pentateuch, the first five yeah. books. And, and it became like a digital code, and they said that, I don't know if this is true, but the claim is that if you typed in your name, like Katerina, somewhere in that code, the digital code, is your whole life, you know, like a crossword puzzle. So yeah. going through yeah. C-A-T-E-R-I-N-A, there could be some vertical columns and diagonals, and it could be the name of your children, when you got the, the year when you got married, so everything. Your, that's it. Everything. That's like, yeah. So I, I, I can't substantiate that, but that that was based on the Torah. But I don't know if that's what you were talking about. Yeah, it is. It is on mm. the Torah. And, yeah. and I haven't seen that book for a long time. Is so maybe it's been suppressed? Maybe it, I, I think it became Oops. famous because at the time it predicted um, one of the next Jewish prime ministers. After that book got printed. It, pre- it made a prophecy that it even saw the, ne- the name of the next prime minister. Or so if you or assassination, I think, too. Netanyahu, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. one of the, yeah. There's, there's a lot to it, but I don't want to get into prophecy. No, I'm, I'm not too, no. But, but it's fascinating, yeah, it's fascinating concept. It's probably a good moment, um, Jane, if we could, because you, you've, you've spent a to- you know, the session with us tonight sharing with our audience the beauty of mathematics and, and what it can do for people and... Uh, I guess it would be a nice opportunity now just to hear about some of your programs and, and where is a good place for people to start if they want they want their children to come along to this journey. Um, what well, what programs do you have? And then after that, where, where can they find you? Okay, so my website, I have a new website. It's called jane108.com. I used to be Jane Mathematics, but no one mm. can spell the word mathematics. has to keep spelling <laughs> it. So just this year, thanks to my daughter who's building the academy, I'm just... My website is www.jane108.com, and it's really simple. And on there, there's um, a list of all the books. So if someone um, was interested in, if you have children, say, from 5 to, say, 14, and you want them to learn about the golden ratio of Vedic math, which I didn't really get to talk about. I can't believe this. I'll give you a quick example. There are six workbooks going on from the divine proportion, mag- magic squares, three-dimensional geometry. Um, but the main workbook that I've got, the number one book that I'm promoting is called The Art of Number. So it's right. a resource book of 200 pages, but I did it as a workbook for teenagers, young teens, for about 100 pages. So, that's, so, so if you can go on my shop and see books and look at The Art of Number, you'll find it. And they're also all available as e-books, um, but just a quick example on how to do Vedic maths, I was going to mention. Mm-hmm. The square root, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we want to multiply, the definition for Vedic maths is called mental one-line arithmetic, which sounds complex. So what it means is it means speed maths, and we just do it instantly. So when we when we multiply by 11, for example, this then, is only for the 11 times table, take, take a two-digit number like 11 times 34. So you visualize 
in your, if you close your eyes, you'll see that there's a, a rectangular screen. Mm-hmm. That's your inner mental screen. So you write the number 34 there. And what I want you to do is to stretch the three and the four as if it was elastic, stretch them out so that there's a space right. between the three and okay. the four. And then you, the, the sutra, the formula, the 16 sutras, the sutra is called digit sums it's called digital compression. It means we add the digits. So we look at the three and the four, and we say, what's three plus four? Three plus four is seven, and you stick it in the middle, and there's your answer. So in your screen, mm. you'll see three, seven, four, done. So literally at the speed of thought in one second, 11 times 34 is 374, because we understood a pattern. The, the secret Amazing. is you're doing it, when you do it the way I just explained, you're doing it not from the left brain which is the logical, analytical, male no. text, but you're doing it through the right. shape recognition mm-hmm. or pattern recognition, which is the feminine brain. Mm-hmm. So when you learn Vedic maths, you learn speed maths because you're doing whole brain learning. So Fantastic. That, that's our best example. There's, a, there's quite a few other ones, but obviously the, the, um, on my website I've got movies and a lot of YouTube clips. Okay, people, great. Fantastic. You'll see it all on my website. There's... And if you just go on YouTube, if you just go on YouTube and um, typed in my name and just mathematics, you'll see 20 videos come up and you can learn as much as you want about Vedic maths. And so so I did the first DVD in the world on Vedic maths. My friend in England about 20 years ago, Keith Williams, he, um, he, he developed the curriculum in London and started teaching it, but no one had done a DVD on it. So I was was at the Steiner School in Byron Bay and I decided to um, put it all onto a two-hour DVD and it went around the world. So that's what took me around the world. So people know me as a Vedic mathematician, but um, I, I'm really more passionate about what we call sacred geometry. But it all works together. And So on YouTube, that's still Jane108? Yeah, just, just Jane. J-A-I-N yeah. is enough. And just... And just mathematics, you'll see okay. a lot of YouTube cl- clips. And all those same YouTubes are on my website as well. You need to know where to find them. Yep. And, and um, what we're building now, if, there's another website I've got, which is, it's only just been built now. It's called 108academy.com. So this nice. is where everything I've ever done in my life now is going to be filmed over the next year. And maybe we're working out a way that a subscription or pay once, we're working out a system how anyone can download all these courses on Vedic maths or Fibonacci sequence. So that's in the that's evolving now. It's called one o www dot one zero eight academy dot com. That's fantastic. So that's where I'm going now. Is um online and yeah. Okay. I still want to travel. Like I'm always traveling, but I think I'll I'll be reducing my travel time so I can just attend to the curriculum. The online curriculum. Not to mention you live at Byron Bay, so it's a nice place to be. Yeah, it's, yeah so at the end of the day, you know, we want lifestyle. We need fr- fresh air, fresh food, good good markets. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and, so, and I guess to survive these days, thanks to the internet, by having yeah. an, an internet business where you sell educational content, I don't have to work for anyone. So I can work all day from morning till night doing my passion. So I consider myself very lucky. Um, and my father was a wealthy businessman. He gifted me this house so I don't have to struggle paying rent. So Beautiful. Really Gorgeous little house. Do, yeah. do the job, get on with the work, and, and just stay focused. And Yeah, so, so life is... Po- I'm very positive. Yeah. I feel, you know, in 20 years' time, 
things are changing. You know, even though there's a lot of darkness in the world at the moment, I think we we need to focus on what can't what we. There's can a lot of good in. too. There's yes, a lot of light that shines in the darkness, is. and yeah. you're one of those. You're one of those pioneers that are bringing us forward. So thank you so much. And Jane, look, I mean, it's gone so quick. I can't believe it. Feels yeah. like we're just starting our conversation. The There's so many, but we'll have well, to get you back on. Way. I, I just taught in Sydney at a feng shui conference, and I was meant to come down to Melbourne. I, my um, Julia, who does astrology conferences, is from Melbourne. She was she's planning a tour for me to do Sydney, Melbourne again. So. I'm on my way to Melbourne. It's just the dates aren't confirmed. Fantastic. So, um, we'll stay in touch, and I'm. I've, Let us know because we'll do another. We'll do another um, live radio, and we'll send you the podcast as well because we'll podcast it, oh, and we'll send you the podcast for your for your usage. I can put that on my website, you know, Yes, podcast. yes, for your dissemination. So I'll send it to you tonight. Well, thank you so much for supporting thank me. Thank you it's so much. Pleasure to it's share just, knowledge and um. Well, it's been an honour to actually have you on. Absolutely, so yeah. full of just amazing, amazing knowledge. We'll have to work We're out so a way honoured. to um, when you're down in Melbourne, to slide you out west to Apollo Bay because it's like the uh, the Byron Bay of Victoria. It's I, funny I reckon. You said that because Apollo Bay was the first school I ever taught in. Come in and stay life. with us. Come and stay with us. I'd love to because I was on the peace train in 1986. Fantastic. I've lived four years alone up in this area, and I had to get away, so I, I went on the peace train. We ended up going to Uluru, but we went to Apollo Bay, and we taught, I, and Apollo oh, Bay was the first school in my resume. That wow. I Fantastic. That's started my journey, actually. Oh, so Synchronicity. Thought, we can talk yeah, about this. This is amazing. Yeah, I'll be honoured to come and visit you, and um, if there's any conferences happening in Melbourne Way, let me know and I'll come down for them. Or That's we fantastic. Yeah, I think we'll create one, actually. There, yeah. There's a lot going on. I think we'll create one for you. Create. All right. Well, so, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. It's been such an honour to have someone at your calibre on our show. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Yeah, thanks, Jane. Thank you, Brett. Okay, and you're listening to 3ABR on the Wellness Couch with Brett, Katarina Morrison, and we just uh, talked to Jane Jane, a 108. And uh, we'll be having another great guest on next week. Um, Monica Gongliano with uh, Thus Spoke the Plant. So we've got some great uh, people coming up for some great interviews. Thank you once again for joining us here on 3abr.org, 87.6 FM, here on the Wellness Couch with Katarina and Brett Morrison. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.